What's up, everyone? Welcome to Shy Squid Speaks, the podcast hosted by me, Squid Pink, a filmmaker, artist, and emo. I'm all by myself tonight, holding down the fort. Um, it, it's a. Uh, I started this podcast because I wanted my friends and family and other people that I love that. I indeed have a voice, and I said I created this podcast for the very reasons to prove that I indeed have a voice. And as such, this will be the last episode of season two. Uh, six episodes uh, in each season of the podcast show, and uh, it is quite a funny thing. In America, a standard season will be about twenty-two episodes. Um, I'm, I'm of course talking about television, since I come from a television background. Um, America's 22 episodes, sometimes 24. Um, in Britain, uh, I think it's 13 episodes. And in Australia, especially um, around in the community television and public access television, it's usually limited to about 6 episodes. So, since I came from that uh, that history, that I, I chose 6 episodes. And it's, it's a little sad, but it's also... Um, a period of celebration with uh, a nice red wine, my $5 red wine, <laughs> that's right, um, spared no expense, and it's kind of a little warm as well, so uh, not exactly um, the best of the best starts, but uh, you know, even, it, it doesn't matter really, it's the small little... Um, Niggles like these, which makes things perfect, really. Uh, I went to Sydney. Uh, I've talked about this extensively um, on other podcast episodes and even on the Rooster Teeth uh, community site and also Facebook and, and Twitter. And, uh, you know, it's just little niggles. Uh, when you go on a holiday or a trip or or, or a vacation, um, that's all the same synonyms, strangely enough, uh, but, you know, it's the niggles, you know, the stuff that you feel, not disappointments, but little little things that don't always um, turn out into how, how you expect it to be, but uh, it's those little, it's the flaws, it's the flaws, it's the flaws in a human being, it's the flaws in a work of art, it's the flaws in a film, which makes it perfect, because if it's too perfect, then... Um, you think something's wrong. That's what's really annoyed me about uh, 3D films and not the uh, the, the red and, and green glasses type 3D. I'm talking about the animations that's being produced in 3D films. They look too clean. Um, what I mean by that is the animation and the textures are a little bit too clean. And that's why it needs a little bit of grime. It needs a little bit of uh, a grungy, a noisy... Uh, texture in order to make it much more realistic, much more palatable to the human eyes. So, how is everyone? I hope you're doing okay in this fine evening. Of course, this is this is the evening uh, <laughs> when I'm recording this, because this recorded live. <laughs> but you could be listening to this in any time zone or any time of the day. <sighs> it's, it's a lovely evening. Um, it, it is uh, quite a little bit hot, and I think I've heard I have to target at least 16, 16 different times from the apartment block next to uh, the, this apartment block where I'm recording right now. So, we've got um, a lot to speak about, um, so let's get into it. Uh, I should, um, should talk about one of my projects first, uh, Monoliths. 
season two I've been working on, I've actually wrote a couple of scripts for it, and um, also the the production bible, uh, which is a document which is full of all the the details on what should be shot, how it should be shot, the different kinds of camera angles, the different kinds of segments, when to put the advertisements in, and related stuff like that. Uh, I've filled it up really. Um, I put all the pictures for all the photos of the different public arts so the production crew and the, the post-production team can all um, communicate and understand what needs to be done and uh, and how it should be done. And um, I'm really quite proud of it. It was probably one of the most funnest... Uh, one of the most funnest times I ever actually uh, wrote some scripts. And it was great. It's great fun writing scripts. Uh, since I have already wrote it wrote most of the scripts I pre-wrote it that's right pre-wrote uh, around two years ago in 2009 not much needs to be done there should be twi- t- a little bit of tightening and tweaking and uh, and um, applying a little makeup uh, per, per se to the, uh, to the scripts but it's g- going well pretty nicely um, and um, it's all set to go it's still in pre-production phase I'm I won't be able to work on production for quite a few months yet, but it's been really good fun. I'm working on it really hard, try to make the best series as I possible can, because all in all, I want to uh, entertain you, the viewer, and the listener. I've also done some editing work for the television station, uh, the segments for um, a local a television show geared towards the more younger audience, um, a few segments for a show called Bubble Wrap, and... Um, it's uh, I uh, the progress is um it's it's around its midpoint I think um it should be broadcasted hopefully soon um also to round off my busy busy month uh, busy two months actually February and March are really the most busiest months and uh, if you live in Australia you probably understand why but uh for the the Big Bond Adelaide Film Festival I've appeared at the Kina Adelaide Cabaret for both the quickie screenings and the longer screening which has been featured in the uh, the BAFF schedule uh, lineup, and I've appeared uh, uh, one of my films have appeared in that well, several of my films have appeared in that and it's awesome to, to work on Kino Adelaide again to work on Kino Adelaide Cabaret again I've of course um, worked at the the Kino Sydney Cabaret, which I've talked about several podcasts ago, I'm not going to repeat myself because I don't want to repeat myself. But it's it was fun seeing the rest of the other filmmakers there. Some of the other filmmakers weren't never really touched picked up a camera before, but that's okay. That's what it's all about. It's all about learning. It's all about networking. It's all about making you know the best film you can. And everybody had fun, and everybody had a nice time. And, uh, you know, there's the usual stress of, of, of getting films ready on, you know, as the clock's counting down and, and that sort of thing, because it is making a movie every 48 hours. You know, making one movie in in two days is is quite a task, and um, it's, it's, it's wonderful um, having... There's so much variety, so much... 
I, I just love the creativity of all the um of the films that premiered that night, and it was wonderful. And also, it was a pleasure helping everyone. I was uh, <laughs> one of my films that I released on uh, on Vimeo on my Vimeo site. Um, was a bit of a, a pastiche, a bit of a spoof, a bit of a parody, if you will, um, a satire of of, of uh, my experiences. But you know, I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. I love helping people because it is in my nature. It is in my nature to help people make films, and I love teaching people, and I love helping people out. And um, as I said, it's in my nature. It is what I do, and. It's enjoyable to teach others because I learn in turn. I'm not kidding about the warmness in here. My studio booth is really, really warm. And <laughs> the wine is a bit warm too. <laughs> I'm going to put some ice into it later. But, um, oh, I've uh, already recently become... I've, I've caught up. I'm really, I'm really behind. I'm really behind. And this is a technology show. And... Um, I've I've only got one DLC uh, downloadable downloadable content uh, for two reasons um, why I haven't got many more. One, because my internet connection can be fairly slow at times. Uh, it gets strangled pretty easily. Um, any of my pets um, has to knock a loose wire about, and you know I could go without internet for a couple of weeks. And also, it, it's a little I have to pay for them. Which I don't mind doing. I don't mind doing, but um, I'm I'm been going house hunting and I'm trying to conserve some money for a little bit. But the the latest DLC, the only DLC I've got, is about Undead Nightmare from for Red Dead Redemption. Downloaded straight to my PlayStation Three, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I feel it's it's become a new game. It's become a new game, and I've never played a, a zombie. Game before as much as it uh, as it pains me to say, I've never played Left 4 Dead or or The Rising Dead or the the um the Dead Go on a Sunny Holiday. Those types of games I haven't played them in a while, and and I know why they're so addictive. They're so addictive. They're they're like a it's a survival ax- aspect. You know, you've got to conserve your ammo and wave after wave, and, and they never stop. And you know the the gory explosions, which I'm not really a big fan of. Uh, but just the the sound effects and and I know I know why everybody loves them now and and I'm converted now I, I'm going to get the next uh, next zombie movie no zombie movie next zombie video game I can and it's great and uh, DLC man they they remind me of mods and stuff like that they're kind of similar like mods um, I used to I used to download heaps of mods. Or map packs, um, maps that were downloaded to make um, the deathmatch, the the Slayer type, uh, first-person shooter, multiplayer games, um, a little bit more exciting, a little bit more fresh. I used to uh, download lots of mods, and I used to make mods for um for Morrowind. <laughs> that was that was a very long time ago for Morrowind. I, I miss making the little islands. I made a, an island full of Khajiit people. Um, the the cat person creatures and and oblivion yeah the both both of them were called like the the um what was it called the the creation kit no was it 
the construction set, the correct construction set. I'm thinking of, uh, of a different game, of a, of a n- much newer game coming out. But I love the construction. They both were easy in different ways. I thought the Morrowind, Morrowind version of the construction set, it was much easier to script the NPCs for dialogue, and uh, it was much more um, verbose in that way. However, the Oblivion version of the construction it was much easier to create new islands and such things and uh, but both of them were huge huge PC resources almost bring my laptop to the ground but speaking of which um, a lot of new games are, be- are going to be released in 2011 um, it's going to be an exciting year um, so many great games last year but in 2011 there's going to be Elder Scrolls Skyrim which I'm looking forward to and which I promise to you that I'm not going to become a huge, huge, f- huge fanboy slash fangirl for that game. I promise I won't become nerdy. Um, there's also Deus Ex 3, uh, which which I'm looking forward to. Uh, the Deus Ex 1 was, was completely fantastic. Probably one of the first and only games that I have a love-hate relationship with. Uh, love because it was so great. It was so far ahead of its time. And hate. Uh, hate uh, simply because Deus Ex... The original game crashed my computer twice. Mm. This Gears of War 3, that's coming out. It's coming out uh, September 20, 2011. Uh, there's also Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception coming out on November. Um, PlayStation 3 exclusive. Um, you've got Batman Arkham City, which is coming out on October 18. And... Uh, and then another uh, game that I've been, um, I wouldn't say look forward to, but I've had a keen interest in is Max Payne 3, which is coming out uh, sometime in 2011. Uh, well, at least it's expected to be. Um, I like the original. I thought the original Max Payne was pretty good. I thought the second one was even better game, except for the horrible, horrible havoc physics. Oh, it was like, it's like um. You know, I like physics in video games. I, I love them in in Fallout and in in Red Dead and um, the, the sporting titles. However, if you have a, a player character and you bump into a bin and the bin goes flying several thousand kilometers away, then it's not really realistic. It's not really physics. It doesn't really, you know, work like that. That's that's precisely what Max Payne's two problem was, among other things, I suppose. But you know, Max Payne three it's changed so much. The the character is now bald and 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 you know, gangly and and it reminds me of Kane and Lich, which which I haven't played. And I'm perhaps I'm talking out of my ass, you know, talking about something uh, I haven't played yet. But you know, it's uh, uh, I don't know. It it just lost its film noir type sort of feel for it I'm not sure if the same cutscenes you remember those cutscenes they were organized sort of like a comic book but with audio and that was one of one of my greatest uh, inspirations in my film career that kind of style um the the film comic kind of style which which I loved I'm not sure if it's still in there and uh, yeah if it wasn't it would be pretty disappointing 
There's also Torchlight 2, Forza Motorsport 4, and Battlefield 3 all coming out like in the the last quarter of 2011. So there are heaps of games to look out for. The Adelaide Fringe Festival, the one of the most, uh, the second biggest uh, arts festival in the world, second only to the Edinburgh Fringe, Fringe Festival. Uh, I've got it right, I've got it right. I, did, I don't know why I wanted to correct myself in the middle of the, that sentence, but I tried to anyway. But the LA Fringe Festival is the biggest in the country uh, of Australia, that is. And uh, sadly, I didn't, I didn't have a solo exhibition or a group exhibition this year. And uh, I haven't even gone to many, many events in it, to be completely honest. Um, it's just lack of time, really. So, there will be no exhibition reviews <laughs> this fortnight. But, I did get to see a lot of movies. And, um, I wanted to see Rango this uh, this week. But I couldn't, because, um, uh, I got there late. And, <laughs> that's not a really good excuse. But, you know, it was, you know, it was getting dark, for heaven's sake. So, I don't want to walk at night. I do that like every night after I go home from the station. But, uh, um, so I saw I am number four instead. Instead. And by the way, I like to go early to events, to screenings like pretty early. So, because um, I really hate being late. I really, really hate being late. Sometimes you can't help it, but I try my best, my darndest, to arrive there on time. So, I don't piss any people off, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of man I am. I like to go there on time. But it was almost... The movie apparently started at 4.40, and perhaps I'm being a prude at this, but uh, it's it's my right, my right to complain. <laughs> oh, it is my show. But I, I don't want to sound too much of, you know... Uh, you know, a spore sport, or a bit of a... a, bit of a approved at this, if that is the right word. But it started like 20 minutes late. I, I could have gone watch Rango for, for, all I, for all I knew. I could have watched that and I would have still been early if I just came into the theatre like 20 minutes late. But I really, really, really hate that. When you go to a theatre, you expect the movie to start at, start at 4, 4 o'clock or 12 o'clock or or, or 3 a.m. or whatever movie you're watching. What kind of movie do you watch at 3 a.m. at a theatre? Perhaps one of those nudie flicks. Hmm. Do they still exist? Do they exist in this country? Or is that, or is that um, an international thing, an American, European or European sort of thing? I don't know. I've heard of these, like, places where you can watch, not pornos, but I guess they're pornos, and, um, they're not wank booths, <laughs> um, but you, you can, uh, you know, you could go there and, you know, really go to town while you're watching it. I'm just wondering, do they still even exist? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, it's not the, it, it's, I haven't experienced that much. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to find out. <sighs> um. Oh yeah. The I am number four. I saw that. And if you like Twilight, you'll like it. And if you didn't like Twilight, then you'll like it. Um. I. It was kind of like Twilight meets Lost in the way. That was my thoughts as I was watching the movie. And it was pretty good. It's a pretty good, okay film. Uh. See, I don't know what the deal is with with Twilight, or why so many people hate it so much. 
um, I have seen Twilight. Um, I'm not ashamed to say it, but it it was kind of boring. I, I must admit, it was kind of boring. Um, I don't know why, but I don't know why people complain about the teenage angst. I didn't find it really. It wasn't, you know, it, it was okay. And the sparkly vampire bits, it, it's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I see no, nothing wrong with that. If a writer of a novel or a screenplay wants to make her or his or her vampires sparkle in the daylight, then that's fine. I mean, vampires, by definitions, aren't real. And if someone wants to, you know, put a little twist on the the uh, the folklore of it, then that's fine. That's perfectly fine too. Most of the things that we understand about vampires, which is, you know, capes and uh, sex appeal, the sexy sexiness, um, you know, turning into dust, uh, uh, the the sunlight thing, and the 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 drinking of blood that you know that all came from like Bram Stoker and uh, Bella Lugosi as Dracula really that's really like recent editions it's not even perhaps 60 years old and vampire myths are found in in cultures worldwide worldwide and they differ very 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 strongly most of the ones come most of the ones we're familiar with comes from a uh, Romanian um Transylv- Transylvania type folklore but uh Take the take the um, the indigenous Australian approach. In some indigenous Australian um, language groups, there is a creature called a Yeramayahu. I hope I've pronounced it correctly. And if I haven't, I'm sorry. I am an ignorant, ignorant and dumb Westerner, and I don't mean to cause any offence. But um, there is a creature uh, like which is similar to a vampire, and uh, it's like a reddish creature, and it's small, about uh, five feet in height, I think. I'm remembering this correctly. Um, I should put this in the show notes. Um, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I have to remind myself. And and the creature has, like, what are they called? Suction pads, like uh, frogs, I suppose, on their fingers and on their toes. Uh, They're red skins, they're hairless, big heads, Fangs, of course, and they're hiding trees, and unsuspecting people and children, you know, who fall asleep or under a tree, are going to get jumped by these creatures and then uh, have their blood drunken or swallowed whole by these creatures. So there's a lot of variety in vampire folklore. So you know, all this business of of you know, lame. All this to some people it's lame. Of sparkly vampires, but you know, to each their own. If a if a writer wants to put that in, then be heady. It didn't bother me at all, really. It didn't bother me at all. So I am number four. Is is it's it's an okay film. It's not going to win any awards, I don't think. But you know, uh, there's enough action, romance, and uh, thriller elements, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But there is something that did did bother me about the film and uh, before I mention this I should say spoiler alert spoiler alert that when you have a character a good character and by mean and what I mean by a good character is someone who fights on the side of good a character that the audience loves that um, that uh, resonates with the audience when you have one of those characters die and then you resurrect them again. 
it sort of cheapens the effect. And I've seen this in anime and video games and other films before, and it really, I feel that it cheapens it. It really, you had this emotional investment with this character, and you wanted to win, and then they have this really sad death scene, and then they're resurrected at the final three minutes of the film. You're going to feel really cheap, and you're going to feel, oh, it was such a grown moment for me. Oh, it really, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem right to me. It, it doesn't. It would be much better if the character died. Um, I don't want to say I'm cruel, but, you know, sometimes an end is an end. And to preserve, preserve like uh, preserved figs, I don't know, and to preserve the character's respect in the audience's minds, then it would be much better to have the noble sacrifice than the, the resurrection. And I just feel like it just... Not ruins the movie, but it is a little bit of a letdown when one of those <sighs> plot twists or plot devices get used um, too often. So I'm not really a fan of those kind of things. I saw The Social Network and uh, the first time on DVD. I didn't know it was going to be broadcasting in, on television, so I just wasted 10 bucks. But <laughs> I saw The Social Network and as... An interested party, and as a fan of um, internet culture and digital culture, and um, and themes like that, I saw it. And the first twenty minutes, I didn't like it. To be honest, to be perfectly honest, to be brutally honest, I didn't like the first twenty minutes. And but the rest of the film, it was good drama, it was good thriller. But uh, you know, it's it's overhyped that film. It's kind of overhyped. The, the acting in it is quite it's quite phenomenal, I must say. And it's a, it's about a very interesting subject. But I don't think it's very realistic. It, it's not a documentary. It's not a documentary in any sense of the word. It's not a docu, docudrama. It's not a docu-comedy. It's, it's very stylized in its visuals and its witty, witty banter that the, the sexy characters have. It's quite stylized. But, uh, you know, I saw another movie, which I saw concurrently with The Social Network, called Pathfinder, which basically was about Native Americans versus Vikings. I'm sure many of you would have known that um, there was a point in, in America's history when Vikings, there was a group of Vikings led by, uh, led by Lars, let's call him Lars, there was a group of Vikings led by Lars who dis- who discovered North America, specifically um, Lozon and Meadows in Newfoundland, uh, like several hundred years before Christopher Columbus did, and it was like based on that, like a what if scenario. It it's not realistic in any sense of the word. The costume design of Pathfinder was a little bit cliche. Especially the helmets, especially the the Viking helmets in that film, because uh, the, the Vikings they didn't have horned helmets. It was it was it would be impractical for their use. They use as seafaring traders and colonizers, and um, as brutal uh, uh, skirmishers. They they didn't use horned helmets. It's 
it probably comes from the Wagner opera. But uh, in in the Pathfinder film, they chose, according to the commentary and the um, the making of, they chose to have the horned helmets because they made them look more demonic. That bit I love. That bit I do understand. Uh, the public conception that demons with horns and to make it more demonic. But I will say this, that Pathfinder, in some sense of the word, was a little bit more realistic than the social network. That's, that's all I'll say about it. Over the past month, I've been lucky enough to get my hands on an iPad. And they've been out for a while. When I first heard about the iPad, I was like, who's going to buy this? This is useless. This is terrible. No one's going to buy this. What worth is this going to be? But I'm pleasantly surprised. It's a neat, cool device. And um, I think anyone who's a little bit cynical about it should at least have a go at it. The the web browser functions correctly. Um, it's handy. It's cool. It's easy to use. Uh, the back to menu button, um, the button that goes back to the the menu back to the desktop screen was a little bit hard to find for me which was a little bit of a nuisance and there were there were finger marks and fingerprints all over the screen of that and that's the problem with touch screen it was filthy you couldn't in in some lights it was invisible but if you just crane your head like a little bit you see the like reflections of the fingerprints and it was fucking disgusting why didn't the store people clean it with a cloth? I don't know why. I don't know why, but... But anyway, I tried it out, and it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Um, The best... <laughs> I was about to say the best use of it was going to be like a mirror. <laughs> no, it's a little bit too cruel. But, you know, it's it's a pretty cool device. However, however, I think the iPad... I still think it's a little bit too expensive and there there are some devices which handle things a little bit more intuitively and a little bit more streamlined than the iPad can do. The iPad can do things pretty well but there are some devices which already does what the iPad sets out to do. And, you know, you know I haven't really made my mind about it up quite quite frankly but it's cool device I just don't think um, it would be that feasible to spend all that money on something that many that the devices we already have at home can do equally well that's that's pretty much what I'm saying but speaking about the iPad the iPad 2 is going to be officially unveiled soon and uh According to this the, this uh, digest I'm holding in my hand, it's a little bit thinner, about 33% thinner. Um, it finally has a camera. It finally has a camera, um, video camera, HD, I think. Uh, the same one, front and the back, so you can take pictures, uh, photos of the landscape or your loved ones, and you can also FaceTime with them. I think so. I think it's got FaceTime. I'm not. Pretty sh- I'm not exactly sure, but it'll be a bit disappointing if it didn't have FaceTime, because FaceTime rocks. Um, so I, it, it can capture video and photo stills at the same 
uh, same resolution, same quality, and um, you know, at the front or the back of the iPad. It's got one of the new A5 processor, which a little, which is a little bit more powerful, and it's and and according to this, uh, um, the batteries are going to last as long as they did on the original iPad, which is a good thing because with devices like that, with portable devices, you don't want to recharge things every single day. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for tonight, and indeed this season. But uh, I'm going to take several months rest and come up with some new ideas, hopefully some new guests and maybe some new international guests. And, um, you know, it's quite a sad moment. It's it's kind of like a goodbye. This isn't the end, I don't think. And uh, I just had to cut out the sound of, uh, of myself pouring a, a glass of red into my wine glass because it sounded like I was taking a piss and that would have been totally inappropriate for a podcast rated explicit. If you have been listening to me, um, thank you very much. I appreciate greatly, greatly, immeasurably, because I did it purely for you. I did it so you could get a glimpse into my life. If you want to contact me, you can always do so on my Twitter. That's www.twitter.com slash squidgeart. That's without space, squidgeart. Or you can contact the blogspot, which is shysquidgespeaks.blogspot.com. You can like the Facebook page, or contact me via Facebook, or, or visit my YouTube or Vimeo. Um, lots of ways to keep in touch. And if you're on the Rooster Diff community, you can contact me that way. Um, and also, I look forward to listening to your podcasts, dear listener. If you always wanted to have a radio show, then do it. Do what I say, do it. It's a wonderful medium. It's quite simply radio for the new millennium. So, this is pretty much all I wanted to speak about. Um, this is Squid Pingaro, filmmaker, emo artist, and podcaster, saying for this season... A kiss to you, take care everyone, and good night.